I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brand is Female. This week, my guest is Graydon Milfat, founder and chief idea officer of her own natural skincare line based on what she calls a mindful beauty philosophy and a commitment to sustainable beauty. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Women in Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through their educational workshops, financing, and mentorship programs. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. Graydon Moffat has had multiple careers before launching Graydon Skincare, and she's spoken out about ageism in a female entrepreneurship space where young founders have a different experience than more mature women entrepreneurs. When she started her journey as a plant-based chef and yoga teacher, Graydon, known as the Skin Chef, learned that beauty is connected to wellness. This explains the super-powered superfoods such as matcha, cacao, and blueberries that you'll find in Graydon Skincare, alongside proven skincare active ingredients. The philosophy of Graydon and her female-led team is that looking good and feeling good about the products you use should not be mutually exclusive. From sustainably driven packaging to ingredient transparency, backed by third-party verifications, Graydon helps people shop their values while delighting beauty enthusiasts of all skin types and tones who enjoy high-quality skincare at an accessible price. Here's my conversation with Graydon. Great, and it's such a pleasure having you on The Brennis Female. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. I am delighted, really, truly excited to be here. And I, I'm a super fan um, of, uh, of The Brandis Female. I'm always excited when I get updates, when something has launched, and I dive, you've probably noticed, quite naturally into the conversation um, because it's so meaningful for me as a, a founder and female founder and um yeah so i was i was really i was when you reached out to me to be part of this i was like oh my oh my goodness yes truly <laughs> flattered and excited yeah it's been uh, obviously uh, lovely to get to know more about your brand and also see the the types of of conversations that you have about the industry and mm-hmm. about women entrepreneurs as well so i'm also looking forward to everything we're going to talk about um I usually start the conversations by going to the origin story of my guests' journeys as entrepreneurs. And I want to know, growing up, what kind of future did you imagine yourself from a career standpoint? And was it at all connected to what you're actually doing today? Yes and no. <laughs> so, Good start. Um, yeah, I, I, I truly believe in the notion that when you are young, say, you know, eight years old or something, the, the, the activities that you take pleasure in doing, um, are really meaningful. If you can think back, if you're later in your life, having a career or life crisis, like, you know, I think that while we all want to create abundance and prosperity and have a job that allows us to live, we, um, I take particularly women. I know it's a gross generalization. That's not to say that men don't. Um, but we we tend to like to do things that are meaningful. And I think when you can connect with life purpose and actually integrate that into uh, a way of making a living, that's where a lot of the magic happens. So just um, for me personally, I spent a lot of time at my 
in my grandmother's home Mm. and she, um, she was, she was born, I think in 1908. So she's really old school. So she would always tell me stories about the olden days with the, with the kerosene lanterns and how they had to do everything from scratch in the kitchen. And, um, I was really fascinated by her slow food approach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so there she would sit me up on, you know, put me up on the counter, always make me wash my hands. She was, she was good at protocol and she really, um, taught me the basics about food preparation and how the mindfulness involved in making food and going out into the garden and looking at, um, vegetables and plants that grew indigenously, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, that really, um, pun intended planted a seed in my consciousness. And as I got older, of course, I got interested in other things too. Um, but I realized that I wanted to be a chef mm-hmm. and I wanted to go to chef school. And uh, while I have worked within the culinary world in many capacities, initially as a pastry chef and then as a, a plant-based chef, uh, I didn't go and do that major degree at the Cordon Bleu. I have many diplomas, but I ended up getting into more academics and mm-hmm. I did women's studies of all things, oh, um, which is now called gender studies. Mm-hmm. Um, so I became um, a bit of a fiery rebel talking about equality issues really at a young age. Um, and that has informed other things that I've done in my life too. But really when I go back to answer your question, Forgive me for getting off topic. No, that's um, great. It's it's about the alchemy of food, and when I say food, I really should say ingredients, mm-hmm. and that where you can maybe see that how instead of becoming a food chef, I've become a skin chef, mm-hmm. and that is how I curate all of our skincare formulations at Great Skincare, um, and they all come back to you know how do the plant extracts work together the smell the taste the viscosity it's really me about imagining myself back in that kitchen Mm -hmm. um, with the apron on those really formative moments it's later in my life that I I think back to my eight-year-old self and where this richness comes from and literally continues to fuel me on a daily basis because I don't need to tell you that being an entrepreneur doesn't even matter your gender. It is a wild ride. It is not for everybody. And there are highs and lows to every day. So it's, if you are not really truly connected with what you're doing and you feel like a mission-based desire to create something in the world, I think it's, it's a hard road to be on, but it Mm -hmm. definitely wakes me up every day. And I, I very much feel that it's not just my espresso. (laughs) <laughs> my mushroom, or my superfood mushroom coffee. Um, although that's I, I would expect nothing less from you. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and and that's I. I mean, I love that introduction, and it's the kind of the perfect foundation to um, to tell the rest of your story because. And it's interesting how you've come full circle because that passion for ingredients and kind of researching, you know, the the. Uh, um, 
the the the, the plants and the the really the the potent superfoods that are helpful to our body if we ingest it, but also exactly. if we use it on our skin. Um, it's interesting how you know you've come full circle now and and are, are working on this passion that uh, was really uh, initiated much earlier in your life, but. You were not always uh, in the skincare industry, so I want to know about the first chapter of your professional life. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what what you did for the for the for the first few chapters of your life there. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, I'll try not to make this too long because <laughs> it's a long, it's a it's a cute, story. But I I was very fortunate um, to do graduate school in in the states, actually at a school called art center in Pasadena Mm -hmm. where there are all these crazy in a good way, artists and designers and creators, um, making things. And, um, that, that really sparked my interest in design and product development. Um, but it's, it's tricky being in the States, um, Mm -hmm. because when you graduate, you have a visa for a particular period of time, which is grateful to have. Um, and I realized that um, I wanted to, um, I went into advertising for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, it was completely illuminating. And uh, while I was continuing to cook on the side, but mm-hmm. I switched from being a pastry chef to plant-based cuisine. I was in California after all. And <laughs> California sense. does tend to be trendy um, well, a lot of the trends seem to come mm-hmm. from, 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 the, from the wet. Yeah. So I, I have to admit like yoga was exploding, plant-based eating was exploding. And I was like, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started a home delivery business called divine dishes. This was, I am now dating myself because <laughs> I am what you would call an older founder. I mean, that can be a topic of the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll talk about um, that. So, um, I, I really started to morph my skills, um, my culinary skills, and then also my packaging and product design and advertising skills with this small business while I was still working uh, at an advertising company. And, uh, so it was really fascinating. And I, um, I, I'll tell you my original aha moment. Mm-hmm. And that was, I had a client, um, through yoga. Um, because I was realizing that I also wanted to become a yoga teacher. I was doing a training on the side and I eventually did it, got certified here in Toronto. Took me a little while, but I had a, uh, a yoga client for my divine dishes company and she loved the food. I was doing even fairly innovative culinary work. Not, not very Canadian of me to give myself a pat on the back there, but so I was giving her her food delivery order and, and I was like, well, just in case you're interested, this fruit coulis that has all of these enzymes from this fruit and the coconut yogurt, because there's the probiotics and, you know, fermentation. I was like, I just want, you know, I use this as, as a mask on my face and I wash my face with it. And you, she was a um, holistic esthetician with, um, let's just say an interesting uh, roster of clients. Um, and this was you know, quite a few years ago. And she used the, my products on her clients, um, really, really demanding high maintenance clients. And they really had a good experience. So she got back to me and she's like, can you make me another batch of that? You know, people loved it. And she's like, there's something about 
your products that are really different. And that was when we sort of looked at each other and that we're like, Hey, you know, maybe there's something about the bioavailability of superfoods and one's skin and how they, you know, that fruit acids can naturally exfoliate and rejuvenate. And I, I, you know, that was my, you know, when I didn't realize it at the time, of course, but that when I originally started my business several years later, the business being great in skincare, um, I was like, I was so grateful for that moment. Um, because I was like, there's something to this. Somebody should do this. That was the but, original inspiration really yeah, to eventually go into It really skincare. was. Mm-hmm. And then I, I moved back to Canada for a relationship. You know, what was I thinking? <laughs> um, but although definitely the lifestyle and the weather, not quite as appealing in, in Canada. <laughs> However, it was such an opportunity for me to be in Toronto and be like, I feel like one of the OGs in terms of I was one of Toronto's first yoga instructors. I did my training at Downward Dog and it was a two-year program. It was a really rigorous program to become a yoga instructor. Mm-hmm. And I was really part of the um, the wellness movement. Um, in now I still run into people from my yoga career because um, I taught yoga for 15, 20 years. And they're like, oh my gosh, you taught us about self-care when self-care wasn't even hashtag. Yeah, exactly. That type of thing. (laughs) So, um, and that really is sort of how I synthesized my culinary product development skills with yoga and making things for people. Because even though I wasn't really, I didn't have a food delivery business anymore, um, people would come knock at my door my back door, we do a, a, a Mysore class. I was trained in Ashtanga. Um, every morning, um, people would drop their kids off from school. And then I would serve them tea and snacks and then like a, something to put on their face, mm. um, something like a mist, an aromatherapy journey, all of those things that really allowed me um, to make things in my kitchen, experiment with superfoods, make tinctures and elixirs and mists. And then people started asking me for them like, Oh, can I have a bottle of this or that? So pretty humble beginnings, Mm -hmm. but truly authentic. And my yoga clients were really my, um, this is a terrible expression. Um, so I acknowledge that I was going to say my yoga clients were my guinea pigs. (laughs) Now I want to acknowledge that this is an important thing. Of course, Thankfully, Canada has finally banned the testing of um, products on animals. animals. So, you know, and and it was, I got a lot of constructive and direct, you know, feedback of what people love and what people didn't like. And so when I was actually ready to transition production to a proper facility, um, I had recipes and formulas um, and uh, that were legitimately came from a place of inspiration, my kitchen and my stick blender. (laughs) Um, And to this day, a lot of my inspiration for my products happen in my kitchen. Um, And I'm famous for my emulsions um, that usually um, are a type of, you know, hot beverage, um, a smoothie, um, a sauce or soup or salad dressing. 
And that's where I can make something that is really nutrient dense and powerful, um, but also soothing and calming. And so I, I love that connection between um, nourishing literally one's body, nourishing one's soul and energy, and then also your, your skin, which is pretty important um, component of um, who we are. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So when, tell me about kind of that moment where you decided to finally turn, you know, your approach to skincare into a business and to launch, you know, product development and, and finding suppliers and actually producing the, the skincare. Was there kind of a turning point for when you said, okay, I'm going to make this an actual business now? There was. And, um, you know, it was, I really was at a point in my life where, I had taught yoga for quite a while. And I, at that point I was teaching moms. I was teaching seniors. I was teaching kids several classes a day, you know, most days of the weekend, as much as I truly love yoga, I, it was really, it can be a little taxing to work energetically and physically yeah. with people yeah. and touching them. And the way that yoga had nourished me for so long it became a little challenging and the yoga movement had evolved. So there was, there were many studios and, and so it was a little more competitive mm -hmm. and I had a young kid um, who needed care. And I, I wanted to be there as his mom. And I was sensing the balance that I once had was no longer there. And I wasn't feeling like I was being my authentic self. And also just without sharing too much information, the relationship that I was in was um, ending. Mm -hmm. So then I was becoming a single parent at the same time. So it was a real crux of like, Oh my gosh, that how I need to make a big change and what's that going to be. And I thought about going back to school. I thought about getting a pretty basic job just to pay the bills. And, you know, that artist energy in me, you know, gosh darn that artist energy in me. Why couldn't I just be quote unquote, you know, normal and settle, but you know, that is not really who I am. Um, <laughs> so I was like, well, you know, this product business and the, the, the clean beauty industry is not, you know, it was completely different, mm -hmm, but I, mm -hmm. I really thought there's a true desire for people to have beauty made better. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, again, I, I, I couldn't help myself. I come from a, like a history of entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. I think it's, there's actually something hereditary about <laughs> it. Um, and it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. So here I am several years later when I um, form formally stopped teaching yoga and, you know, went completely all in. Um, and um, for, for several years, it was just my now late father helping me with the business, you know, you know, bootstrapping all that fun, quote unquote, fun stuff. And it is fun, but it's, it's also a lot. It's, it's um, also a, a lot of work. Yes. Yeah. And you are, you're putting your, your life, your home, you know, your children at, at risk. And I think it's it, now that I'm looking back at maybe seven years ago or so, there was a lot of angst and worry and anxiety and adversity. But I think that if I had, if my life had been comfortable, I wouldn't be doing this. And I really feel 
I do feel proud about what I'm doing. I do feel like I am going to be leaving a legacy to the world and to the generations to come. And there is, there are many types of abundance and success for people. Mm -hmm. And of course, monetary like dollar sign success is I have nothing against that. Um, But I think there are other ways to define success as well. Mm -hmm. And I feel um, looking back, I, I, I am glad that I feel proud that I've taken the, the path less traveled. And I also think that from my, from a direct legacy point of view, I have one son who's now grown and he just graduated as a bioresource engineer. Oh, so wow. I okay. feel like, um, I guess that was me being a, being a proud mom there, <laughs> but I, I know that he wants to actually change the world and tackle some of the world's dirtiest problems. And, um, it might, might have just a little bit to do with, you know, all those vegetables I fed him as a child. <laughs> yeah. they, can, they have an impact. Yes. Um, I think so. Yeah. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Women and Enterprise, and they're about confidently building you. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice, puts guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way, so we can all share experiences and learn from each other. TD Women in Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. What would you say was one of the, you brought up, you know, some of the challenges with starting a business and, and bootstrapping and so on, but what's, what's kind of a major obstacle you had to overcome? Was there a point where maybe you doubted that this even was the right path for you and how do you typically deal with facing challenges or obstacles in general? Uh, well, I enjoy a good glass of organic wine at night. Like there's some, <laughs> <laughs> so that's a great way of surmounting obstacles. I agree. Uh, everything in moderation, including moderation. So finding ways to have, to create joy and small little moments of pleasure. Mm-hmm. I think the word that is trending now is glimmers. Have you heard about mm-hmm. glimmers? I have, yeah. yes. So, you know, um, it's, it's a treat um, mm-hmm. because there are challenges that come up on, on a daily basis. And uh, um, so when my father passed away, the beginning of COVID, mm-hmm. that was a huge loss. Sorry. He was a former chartered accountant and he was managing our bookkeeping and our finances and our operations. And I had to really pivot um, in the middle of the pandemic and hire a full team. And of course, I don't regret doing that because mm-hmm. I realized that it, the business wasn't scalable with such a small team. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can see the silver lining in that, but when your infrastructure um, disappears, then you really have to scramble. Um, for, fortunately, I am glad to say that I do have a great team of, you know, marketing people, um, business development people, a fantastic chemist um, operations. And um, so I am, I am a big believer in always trying to find the goodness in a challenge um, and not, it's very easy to victimize oneself. Um, we've also had 
um, our, our production facility was sold to someone else and then mm. we lost some of our IP. Um, that was terrifying. So working with, um, a dedicated chemist to actually make sure that what we have is ours and have it well documented. That was a, an, oh my gosh moment, um, that what well, has taken some time to resolve, but again, now we're in a much better place. Um, Funding this business uh, is an ongoing challenge and opportunity. And, you know, actually, it's interesting. I, I connected with TD just even this year. And they, I was unaware that they had a women in enterprise program. And, I, it, and that they were actually very focused on helping their clients particularly women succeed. Um, so I'm, that was a, a big game changer, but you know, it's, it, all of these things take time. And, um, I mean, I could go, there's more, there's things that come up every day. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's, there's always, it's, it's, that's, is that never ending cycle, right? Yeah. And you've, you've talked about, you know, about your parents being entrepreneurs, who's the source of inspiration for you? And are, were there specific role models that inspired you when you made the decision to come out with your own uh, brand and, and skincare line? Well, I mean, my grand, my grandmother, she was an inspiration for many things that I yeah. referenced earlier. Although she came from a, a time when women were not um, championed um, mm -hmm. as, as much as they were. And actually what's interesting, I, I did come from, traditional parents where it was not expected that, Oh, their daughter would necessarily have a business or mm -hmm. have a career. There was an implicit assumption that being married and having children would be what I would ultimately do, which probably also influenced the type of studies that I had. So it, I don't regret what I did, but I think that if I had taken some business courses and accounting courses, that would have been really helpful for me. Also chemistry would have been great, but and I, I think that's also um, if I had done those more typical things, I might not have arrived at where I am. Unfortunately, I can hire good financial people and product development people to do the work so that I'm as much as I am grateful for my parents. I think there were some self-limiting belief systems mm -hmm. going on there, but my grandfather um, both grandfathers actually had, um, very interesting businesses. And I always looked at photos of them and I, there was a little voice in my head saying, I, I can do this too. And this is, so I think, I think the entrepreneur gene skipped a generation. Mm -hmm. oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that I, I, I got bitten by the entrepreneur bug. <laughs> um, would you say, how, how do you approach making decisions from a business standpoint? Is it something where you're somebody who likes to have a ton of data, keep track of all the metrics, or you're somebody who relies on intuition? Is it a mix of both? And it's always interesting, I find, to speak to an entrepreneur who has more of a creative background and seeing how they leverage that in running their business. Mm -hmm. Very good question. I am the um, I, I probably stereotypical on you know as I said art background. Like I, 
And I also have more of like an energy healing background, which may or may not be appealing to your viewers, but I, I really believe in doing personal development work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm more about connecting with my intuition. I have many types of mentors. Some of them are financial mentors. Some of them are, yeah, number crunching um, mentors. But I, I, I think that surrounding yourself with people who are experts in their field um, to inform me um, really help. And that, so I, they, they've put me through my unofficial MBA. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But really when it comes to making decisions, often I, I feel like I have the creative side in my voice where I, I really try to tap into how I'm feeling. Um, and if something doesn't feel right, mm-hmm. um, I try to listen to that and articulate what that actually means. What are the obstacles and what are the, you know, I think a, alignment on a personal, spiritual and energetic level is important for the business that I'm in at least. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, the business is like, like it says great and like great is my name. Yeah. So if it what goes out into the world, if there isn't, um, that link, then I don't think even our, our followers or community and our products are going to be like, there's an authenticity there. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of my products have been, um, uh, without going into a lot of detail. Um, we have one product called Fulman serum, which is, um, beautiful water-based serum here just a little bottle it's this blue color and we couldn't get the serum right for a long time Mm. and um uh, long story short i did some work with a shaman um and it was a full moon energy like weekend keeping the fire alive and i just remember looking up in the moon and just i came back a different person and um shortly after connected with uh, uh, an ingredient supplier that connected me with this, what makes this um, serum so magically blue is malachite, which oh, is a beautiful. crystal. Yeah. Um, it also, most people don't know, is really great for your skin. It's very mm-hmm. rich in copper and that copper actually helps to create collagen mm-hmm. um, production in your own skin. Um, but I think who knows, I couldn't get the color of this serum right for the life of me. And I really truly believe in moon energy, mm-hmm. um, the lunar cycle, which all of us women, no matter where we're at in our life, in our cycle, we're all connected to. So I, I, that's, and we're launching a new moon product as well. So Ooh. I mean, that's an example of how, you need to get the nuts of your, and bolts of your business and your deck in mm-hmm. order for sure. But for, I think having something more ethereal for me, at least yeah. is what um, drives me and also makes our business unique. Yeah. And I, well, and I think it's, you know, for, for you, it makes sense to work with a shaman or that, you know, the energy mm-hmm. component is, is important, but I think for most women, it is important to connect with our intuition and, Often mm-hmm. we've been taught to ignore those gut yeah. feelings and yeah. kind of that natural, you know, guidance that we get. And when we're able to tap into our intuition and, and see clear, a little clearer through it, um, it's usually a pretty good, uh, 
guiding light. Hundred percent. Thank you for acknowledging that. Of I felt it's a little vulnerable actually sharing that, but <laughs> you know, I I don't want to be perceived as this woo woo, you know, um, person. But there is a little woo woo in what I do, but it's about balancing the woo woo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you've spoken up about um, a, a reality, uh, you know, around ageism and you've, even mm-hmm. in this conversation, you, you know, you mentioned earlier, you, you said about yourself, I'm, I'm an older founder, which, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I, I find interesting. And I want to ask you, so, you know, my original question was going to be, why do you think it's so important to continue supporting women entrepreneurs specifically? Why does it matter that we have programs in place, whether it's financial institutions or government mm. or, you know, just as consumers in general, mm. choosing to support women entrepreneurs? And do you think there's a bias when it comes to uh, a woman's age? And do you feel it's been a reality that you've experienced you know, being somebody who launched a skincare brand, you know, not at the age of 25, not to say everybody who launches skincare is 25, but there is kind of the, that glossy image of the young, you know, skincare beauty founder, which we see a, a lot of in, in the mm-hmm. U.S., for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, there's a lot to unpack in there, but what's been what's been yeah. your experience, but also, yeah. you know, keep keeping kind of that overarching uh, uh, question of, you know, why is it so important to support women entrepreneurs today? It is. And I actually, it's a, you brought up, um, you know, programs, but I don't even think there are, are, are programs for, as they say, older, mature women. Do they even exist? I mean, there, there are some in general, there's, you know, grants yeah. that the government has depending on your province or some at a federal level, uh, you know, BDC offers a lot of specific programs for women entrepreneurs, for example. Uh, I don't think those are age specific. No, I just don't think there's anything correlated to age. Um, yeah, 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 no, exactly. I, I, I'm, We're I'm aware thing. of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe there shouldn't be like me. I don't know. Maybe some people would be offended about that, but um, well, what what there is though is the celebration of startup founders under a certain age, right? The top thirty under right. thirty, or Thank you, you know, there, there's a whole and there, there are grants as well for young entrepreneurs. Right. Where if you're under thirty, you right. can apply, you know, for this grant, and that's kind of pushing aside everyone who's starting a business at a later stage of their career. I career. just bravo for saying that because I I have never really been able to. I articulate that because I also would never want to come across as like I'm victimizing myself or I'm mm-hmm. frustrated or upset. I feel very grateful for what I have and what I've created. But yes, it is. I think it's more difficult starting a business often later in life because not, well, not everybody chooses or wishes to have children. You know, there is a lot of energy that goes into that. And that's not to say that you can't be, a very successful business person at the same time and, Mm -hmm. you know, raise a boatload of kids or one or whatever, but there is energy that goes into that. There are finances that go into that. And I think that you go through different stages. So the person that you are when you're 30 is very different when you're 50. Um, not that I'm, um, revealing my age or anything, (laughs) but, um, yeah, you you are also taking more risk 
mm. um, in the 40 to 50 mm. range, but particularly when you're getting up into your 50s, you're thinking about retirement and mm-hmm. the, uh, I think people are living a lot longer these days, but you're looking at different things um, later on in life. And often you're more conservative, whether it's with your investments or your lifestyle. Um, and so I think it's a lot more risky mm-hmm. on a personal level mm-hmm. to put yourself out there. On the other hand, I have perspective that I did not have mm-hmm. when I was younger. Yep. And I think um, the maturity that comes along with that, um, there's value in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is it is tricky being an older founder and entrepreneur in the skincare world because people are always looking at your skin. Mm-hmm. I have I will be demoing at a store and people will literally like put their face right. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, what are you what are you doing? Look, trying to look at the you know my yeah. the pores in my on my nose, like you know. <laughs> and then mostly people will say, "Oh, you have really good skin. Oh, your products must work." And I, you know, I would say yes, actually they do. It's not just skincare; it's wellness and you know a lot of different things. But exactly. Um, I, exactly. I do actually. Actually, my team. I I work with a lot of younger people. Mm-hmm. Many people in their twenties, thirties, mm-hmm. and forties. I, I think that if you are um, a founder, um, it uh, it is really important to have a diverse age range yeah. in your team mm-hmm. yeah. um, because every age range has a perspective, and I really really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it's diversity, right? We often talk about diversity from a, a, a racial background standpoint or diversity mm-hmm. in the men and women, but age is, you know, is part of that and is equally important. Yeah. If you only have one lens for mm-hmm. what inclusivity and diversity means that you're limiting your, yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what's, what's next for great and skincare? What's the dream? What are you working towards? What's something big that you're hoping to accomplish? Let's say in the, you know, next 12 to 24 months. Well, left to my own devices, I would just develop products because that's what I really love doing. Um, our CFO is not as keen about that because as I have learned, um, launching a product is like, you know, having a brand, you know, having a baby. Like I feel like all my, my products are my children. Um, and you have to take care of all your children and make sure that they're properly funded. I go, you know, um, so yeah, I mean, my joy is, is creating solutions for people so that, that they can, um, have our mantra is to give people good skin days every day. Oh, love that. Um, but, um, that is not always, um, I, 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 I have to be exceedingly mindful about the resources that it takes to properly launch products. Um, one thing that I think is fascinating in the industry um, that uh, we're in is uh, the types of ingredients that are now, now available. Mm-hmm. So when I first started, I was literally working with in, you know individual farmers, small farmers, wow. artisanal farmers, getting their oils. And I think there's a lot of value in that having like really fresh pressed fresh ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've also learned that certain retailers, and rightly so, demand 
a lot of data and technical data on all the ingredients that you right. use. So you need material safety data sheets. You need certificate of analysis. And so it's not always ideal to work with artisanal farmers who don't, you might be selling their avocado oil for salad dressing, not for skincare. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I have noticed with certain ingredient suppliers is that they're now offering superfood infused or what I would define as a superfood infused skincare ingredients that actually have been proven to have skincare benefits. So alternatives um, like retinol, collagen, peptides, hyaluronic acid, probiotics, and even some of the vitamins. Um, I'm finding that there's a lot of efficacy and data and clinical studies but that growing that aspect of our portfolio of really high-performing ingredients is really important for us. And I, I'm, I don't think I would have said this a year ago, but there are many plant-based ingredients that are amazing to use, but are not good for the environment. Yeah, and we don't. I think there's a real problem when uh, there isn't regenerative agriculture going on. Yeah. And then certain places, I would say particularly in Southeast Asia, the rainforests are being demolished or um, areas that have been used to create food are are being used to create skincare products. Mm -hmm. There's something wrong with that. Mm -hmm. And I I, um, cannot disclose um, some of the people who we are now starting to work with, but it is amazing to see how um, plant-based ingredients are now being able to be lab-derived and still mm. actually completely clean and wholesome. So not synthetic in a, in a way that um, some people would not find appealing. Mm-hmm. I, I really think that marrying biotechnology and agriculture is something really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. There's so many trends, like even food waste that's being used now to create packaging right it's happening yeah, yeah we are exactly. on the cost of something um as as more people are realizing that we're in a, a crisis um more people are realizing that there's opportunity mm-hmm. and i think that that is an area that that really it, that ignites my passion because we really it's not just a performative thing that we're saying that we're interested in sustainability and transparency mm-hmm. we it is driving our business in a very focused way um, to to create products that are specifically focused um, on ingredients and packaging. Outer packaging, there's the box, there's the component, mm-hmm. and you're really getting deep, diving deep into where things come from and how they're made. That is what's ahead of us uh, yeah. for the next we'll guide our, our mm-hmm. future. Right. I love hearing more about your commitment to sustainability, quality of ingredients, and also packaging, which really uh, all goes together as far as your philosophy is is concerned. Um, My favorite question, what would be your top three pieces of advice for other women entrepreneurs? Find your tribe or find your community. Um, If you... um, I would say that my team is is my family, and there might be some mentors out there who would say, "No, no, no! Don't think of your team as your family. That's you know, 
business is business and it is, you know, business and personal are, you know, they're separate, but if you, I, I have a fairly, not a fairly, I have a very democratic approach, a non-hierarchical, hierarchical approach Mm -hmm. with people that I work with, whether it's a higher paid person or like a brand new intern, like I think everybody needs to have a voice and needs to be respected and um, leading with kindness is, is um, not just a kind thing to do. It's, it's sensible. That's how people will get, you know, will do their best work. So creating um, real connection Mm -hmm. um, with the, with the people that you work with, um, whether you're paying them or the, or your suppliers, um, like dive deeper, ask questions mm-hmm. that is important. And also creating a community through your social channels. So if you're just starting up, reach out to people and mm-hmm. be friendly. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't do this for a long time. I'm actually, I'm not a big social media person. It's important mm-hmm. for our business. And yes, did I sign up for threads the other day? Yes, I did. You know, <laughs> the rest of the world, apparently. Yeah, like 25 million people within the first four hours. Um, for sure. But I'm actually fascinated with LinkedIn. That's mm-hmm. actually how I found one of the really exciting biotechnology companies that we're working with now. And I literally had to stalk the founder. <laughs> it's true. Before they would even speak with me. Right. Um, to, and I really, so I, I think that that is it's not going to happen mm-hmm. for you um, unless you, I don't know, come from a certain background or come with connections. I have right. no connections in the skincare world. I've, right. Everything that I've done has been completely me. Right. Um, yeah. So three, you three things. I don't mm-hmm. know. I covered three things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. I'm pretty sure there were, there were many lessons in there. So mm-hmm. uh, at, at least three main ones for sure. Yeah. And ask for mentorship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Words just don't arrive, you know, no, on a exactly. silver platter. Like, so that's all about that. So I think that that's the big word is community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that was great advice. Uh, and thank you so much, Graydon, for sharing your journey and your insights. Um, and can't wait to see what's next with Graydon Skincare. And if that dream, you know, gets achieved, so we'll, we'll stay in touch. And thank Absolutely. you for making time today. The yoga teacher in me has to end a conversation with a namaste. So bringing my hands to my heart, namaste. The teacher in me acknowledges the teacher in you. Thank you for this opportunity. I love that. Namaste as well. Thank you to TD Women and Enterprise for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you for listening today. If you did enjoy the show, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support, Claire Miglionico. Yeah.